that's no moon. It's a space station. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. So a few things before we get started. Don't forget tickets are available for our conference next May 13th through the 16th in Grafton, Illinois, Rebels of Disclosure. All of that information is available below in the description, rebelsofdisclosure.com. Uh, live stream tickets are available and every pass comes with a live stream ticket this year. So that's pretty cool. And the on-site lodging is sold out, but there's plenty of uh, lodging available in town and you can camp on site if you'd like to do that. There's plenty of room to camp and we encourage people to do that because uh, we, we have so much fun every year around the bonfire and sky watching. It's a lot of fun. So we look forward to seeing you guys there. And if you're interested, all the information is at rebelsofdisclosure.com. And if you're looking to try a new CBD, Hopewell Farm CBD is incredible, and they have a new promo code JTT New, and that gets you 15% off all of their products through the new year, I believe. And December 17th, our Tartaria webinar will be airing on our Patreon. And we've been putting a lot of work into this one. It, it is a deep rabbit hole, as you may know, and we've been having a lot of fun with it, and the stuff we're uncovering is incredible. So uh, you know we, you know how deep we like to go in these webinars. So if you're interested in that, you can sign up for our Patreon. It's only $5, and that link is below in the description as well. Okay, so tonight we're joined by Sev Tak. I was at the UNX conference just recently, and Sev Tak was one of the presenters, and I found her story absolutely incredible. And I have so many questions, so I reached out to her so we can interview her and ask her those questions and she's an, a lifelong experiencer and author, and she has an incredible story. And uh, we're going to share some of that with you guys today. So welcome to the show, Seth. Oh, it's an honor to be here. Thank you. It's great to see you again. And this Rebels of Disclosure, first of all, I love the name. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah. And uh, I, didn't, I wasn't aware that you were doing this. I'm very interested. I'm going to look into that. Yeah, it's our third event actually this is our third year in a row mm -hmm. doing it and uh, it's been successful last year we actually had margie k out she spoke so um that's kind of how i really connect with margie and ended up at unx uh xcon that's what it is xcon but yeah on x network xcon i get confused anyway lots of x's including the ones on my tush yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right which which we're gonna get into actually that's that's a su such a fascinating story so um yeah. I guess we'll turn it over to you and let our audience know along as well as us what happened, how you ended up in this field of ufology, UFOs, ETs, and you have an incredible story where you have actually physical evidence of your encounters. So I'd love to hear more about that. Okay. Thank you. I'm pretty new to the UFO world. I've only been in it for about five years. I've seen such a change in it from when my book came out in 2018 to now how much the uh, the societal climate has changed, which is wonderful. There's a lot that's been going on in five years. Uh, and uh, I've been having ET contact my whole life. My first conscious memories are from age 10, and that lasted a couple of years. I've had lots of contact, uh, and the contact that I talk about are all conscious memories. I have had regression, but I tend not to talk about those experiences. I tend, I, I, I steer more towards my conscious memory experiences. And I'm not knocking regression because regression can be a wonderful thing, can be uh, life-changing. I just don't know what it is. I just don't know what that is. Mm -hmm. So uh, for the time being, until I can understand it a little better, I just choose to talk about my ET contact that I can remember. Um, but I am not dissing regression. In fact, if anybody wants regression, uh, I do recommend it, but you have to be ready. Yeah. And have I couldn't you, yeah. have you ever been regressed. I have like, like six different times. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I agree with you 100%. I don't share any of that information either. I only share conscious memories, like things I remember that are tangible to me. Because I don't know what it is either. I know that information is coming out of my mouth, but I'm very cautious because I don't want to muddy the waters with bad information. 
and it might just be specific to me will come through that session so i completely agree with you as far as that goes mm. oh okay good i'm glad to hear that thank mm -hmm. you um so and so it started at 10 and it just kept going and then i i changed my focus from et to more to supernatural but I was having ET and Supernatural for decades. And then I started having mostly ET around 2011, 2012. Again, I, I have these cycles. And then when I moved here in 2017 to the inner banks of North Carolina, I was in another house uh, five years ago. And the second night I was there, I was marked. Well, it could have been the first night. I think it was the second night. I was marked. Uh, and uh, with an X on the left cheek of my tush. And then nine days later, I was marked with another X on my tush. Let me see if I can show you a picture. Oh, yeah, that, that would be great. This is the back of my book. <laughs> that is the X that appeared on my left tush, and it was about an inch and a half or so. And these little dots are equidistant. And when I ran my finger across it, I couldn't feel it. They were uh, flush with wow. my skin. And so uh, that really freaked me out because back then uh, I was not out at all. I was very, very afraid of my ET contact. And I've had contact with a variety of beings. But at this time when I was the most afraid, I was having contact with the greys several times. And I thought they were horrible. I thought they were mean. I thought they were out to get me. Uh, and I chose to be the victim in those uh, instances because I chose to be the victim in my life. And there is a parallel to your perspective on earth and your perspective when you're dealing with a non-human entity. Mm -hmm. So on earth, I made myself the classic victim. I got into abusive relationships. I blamed everything on everybody else. I was never happy. And I was completely lying about my ET reality, completely denial. And when you do that, that that messes up all areas of your life. People think they can just put that off on the side. You can't. It, it permeates every area of your life, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And and it's like that perpetual victimhood. Uh, we see that a lot. And that's, you know, we're kind of born into that programming. Not everybody, right? But, um, you know, it's always the poor me mentality. And I completely understand that. And it's amazing that you were able to realize that, have that realization, and then break free from that and shift your perspective, because that is how you heal. And, you know, all of a sudden, things aren't so bad. And the universe starts responding to you differently because you're putting out a new energy. That's right. And I talk a lot about your personal frequency and how it creates your reality. I do soul purpose sessions, and uh, we talk a lot about that with my clients. Uh, it's all about frequency. So yeah. did you get any... Do you know what that X meant? What was the purpose for it? Well, I have theories. Uh, first of all, the X is an ancient symbol. Like we were talking or laughing about earlier, X's and everything seems to be when it comes to UFOs, X this, X that, X con, X, X expo, everything. So there's something there with the X and uh, things we don't know. <laughs> and and uh, the other thing, I I think it might be a way for them to get my attention because they were communicating with me for a long time and I ignored them. And they were pretty persistent. I'm talking about the greys. Mm -hmm. uh, and I would and other beings too. Uh, I had all kinds of marks on my body. I had all kinds of geometric marks, skin missing, thing, skin cut out, lights in the hallway things walking on the bed. And I just tried to ignore all of it. Um, at one time I had a scoop mark, a little scoop mark. I had a chunk of skin missing from my arm. And this is, this is not unusual for experiencers. And there was yeah. no blood, not even a scab, like nothing. And I didn't even feel it. And you know how much a paper cut hurts? I would think if there was a scoop of skin missing from my arm, I would have felt it. But the no blood and no scab, that just kind of took me aback. But what I did was, just like I did everything else, I'm like, okay, we're going to ignore it. 
It's just a little thing that we're going to pretend never happened. And that ignoring messed me up. It messes up experiencers when you do that. So right now I have dedicated my life to helping experiencers around the world. And they can contact me through my website, planetsev.com and tell me their story and I'll reach out to them and, and see if I can help them process. The most important thing is to come out to yourself. You don't have to come out to anybody else, but I just don't want experiencers to be embarrassed anymore. I don't want them to question their sanity anymore. And I don't want them to be scared anymore. Those are the Mm -hmm. three prevalent feelings that we all have. Right. Most of us have. Yeah. Uh, Understandably. um, I mean, this stuff is, it's foreign. It's scary. You know, fear of the unknown is like the, the, probably the most common fear amongst everyone. You know, people don't go into the ocean because you can't see what's below. You don't go into a dark room. It's not because you're scared of the room. You're scared of the unknown. So it's it's just a common theme everywhere. So if you can overcome that, then, yeah, it's it's amazing. The results are amazing. So you've had uh, a second ex show up after that. And then yeah. what happened with that? And how did you discover that one? So the first one, I was in the kitchen unpacking dishes because we had just moved there. And I was with uh, a gentleman that I'm no longer with. And uh, I felt something bite my butt and it hurt. So I yelled over to him, will you look at my butt? I think a bug bit it. And he goes, yeah. So I go over to the living room and I bend over and he's looking and he's not saying anything. And I'm getting very worried because I'm getting this gut reaction something's very wrong. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, well, did a bug bite me? And he goes, yeah, but there's also a red X. And he took a picture of it and we were both just stupefied. Mm-hmm. And uh, I knew instinctively it was the grays. I knew it right away. And like I said, back then I didn't like them. So I was very scared and angry, but mostly very scared. And I'm like, what are they doing messing with me? Like, what's going on? So I said to him, we're going to pretend like we never saw this. We're going to pretend like this never happened. And he's a very logical person. And he just looked at me like, okay. Hmm. So nine days later, ding. That's how I describe it. When I come back to my bedroom after an experience, because it's like I'm dropped, plopped into 3D reality, completely alert. Even though I might be in my bed, there's I'm not groggy. I'm not waking up from a sleep. It's instant alert. And that's how I know I had an experience. And uh, I have this download, this gush of a memory where I was uh, on this bed, like a hospital-type bed. It's like the classic story almost. Mm-hmm. And I was on my side. And I couldn't move my arms and I couldn't move my legs. And I didn't know where I was. It was a dimly lit room. And uh, I sensed something behind me and I could turn my head. So when I turned around, standing right here was a gray. And I have a picture of him. And we locked eyes. He was standing right behind me. And we stared into each other's eyes. And I describe it like looking into two pools of black oil. And I was scared to death, scared to death. I turned my head back around and then ding, I found myself in my bedroom. And I think one reason I was so scared was because there was no telepathic communication between us. In all the other instances with the grays, there was always telepathic communication. They'd given me information. This time there was nothing. And that made me even scarier. I mean, made me even scared, more scared. So I come to, I'm very worried. I'm terrified because I'm thinking if there's another X on me, like I'm not going to be able to handle it. Like this will push me over the edge. Mm -hmm. And so I Mm -hmm. go downstairs and I wait for him and he always got up before I did, but this time he did not. And I'm waiting for him and he comes downstairs for some reason. I couldn't look in the mirror. He just had to look at it. I didn't even want to look in the mirror. And uh, he comes downstairs and I asked him if anything weird happened last night. And he said, no. And I said, was I missing? And he goes, no. I said, did you see any lights or anything? He said, no. And we've had an experience together before in Roswell. And I told him what I remembered. And there was also something else to this experience, which I've never, ever, ever recall knowing before. And when I was on that bed in that room, I knew I was on the moon 
So I tell him this, and then I'm like, will you look? And he looks, and there's another red X, like the first one, but this time it's on the right cheek. And the best way to describe what went through me was an existential crisis. I, it, I was like suspended. I was suspended and not knowing anything. I didn't know who I was anymore. I didn't know who we were as human beings. I didn't know what I was doing talking to aliens. I didn't know what they wanted with me. It was like everything I knew myself to be and humans to be disappeared. I knew nothing. Right. And uh, and then that's when I said I needed help for the first time in my life. But I didn't know who it was going to be because I was not part of the ET community or the UFO community at all. I wouldn't watch the movies. I wouldn't read the books. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Because I was deathly afraid of them. Yeah. Yeah, there's a subconscious fear there. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, it takes a catalyst like that sometimes to snap us out of the illusion that we're living, you know, um, even though we create the illusion that we are living, but um, it takes a, some sort of catalyst to make us question, you know, who am I? What, yeah. who, what is, what is this whole thing that we are in, you know, humanity? Um, yeah. Aaron, were you going to say something? Yeah, I was just curious. You said you're experiences started when you were 10 um what and you said you didn't like the gray so obviously those were traumatic experiences uh, but would you mind going into like what those looked like exactly like what do you remember them like coming into your room at night or how exactly did those experiences happen when you were a child well i i don't have conscious the grace when I was little, it was another being that contacted me. And as oh, okay. far as having traumatic experiences with the grays, I didn't. They were never mean. They never did anything bad. It was just my fear. Oh, okay. And in fact, one time when they showed me this baby floating in a tube, because they gave me information about the hybridization program, most of it in Roswell, uh, they were really pretty nice, actually. They were just hanging out in the back and they were telling me, just take your time. Just, you know, we're just going to hang out back here. And so that was my perception. And that's what I was talking about mm -hmm. earlier. It's like your perception of how yeah. how you think humans treat you is going to be how you think ETs treat you. If you're a victim on Earth, you're going to be a victim off Earth. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the being when I was little, let me see, can I pull up? I did make a drawing of it. The being when I was little, oh, let me see if I can find this. No. Uh, yep, I found it. I'm going to show you what he looked like. So this started in fifth grade. So this is a, a slide I made of me. I'd be outside waiting for it to come. In the middle of the night, I'd find myself outside, and each time this giant spaceship would come from a different direction. And I was so happy because it was like my relative was coming, mm -hmm. and I missed them so much, and I was so happy. And so what would come out, the spaceship would land, and this type of – can you see that? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Very more human than not. Right. Black hair, young, black clothes. The only difference was his ear was just slightly more elongated like this. But And I wasn't into Star Trek or anything like that. And uh, he was just making sure I was okay. So that went on for a couple of years. I never told anybody. I could have told my parents. They were believers, but I didn't. And each time I would, ding, come back to my bedroom. And I'd be completely confused because the sensation I had of myself in the bedroom didn't feel as real as the sensation I had when I was with that space being. That was real. This felt fake. And so I would tell myself, just forget about it, get dressed, and you have to go to fifth grade and just try and be normal. So that went on for a couple of years until the very last time. Uh, the very last time was different. Because this time I was with a group of children, other children, and I had never been with other children before. And uh, the spaceship was going away and we were all really sad because we knew we weren't going to see him again. And that's when I heard in my head, all right, you have work to do, get to work. Mm -hmm. 
And I was only 12. And I had no idea what that meant. <laughs> You're like, <Wow>. what? what? <laughs> you got your you mission. Me. You got your mission early. <laughs> right. That's funny. I mean, I mean, most of the time, like, yeah, we're, we all realize we're here to do something, but it doesn't come until later in life after you've gone through an awakening. And then you start, you know, you, you hear people saying, yeah. remember your mission and, you're like, what does that mean? But you're 12 years old and you're like, all right, get to work. But it didn't make sense to me. Like I couldn't process it. I really didn't understand my mission until I came out, until the red X's were on my tush really is what prompted me to investigate and finally deal with this. I think another reason mm -hmm. there was an X on my tush is, you know, Kundalini energy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Kundalini energy that resides in the lower part of your body. And I'm wondering if they activated that because when your kundalini is activated, and I had already started this path of personal introspection, the path of uh, the spiritual journey. And what I was craving was to be the most authentic version of myself I can possibly be. I decided I wanted to be the real me, <laughs> whatever, whoever that is. And that's when the exes appeared. And I think they were helping me. Uh, they were helping me on my path of authenticity. Mm. So that's beautiful for one, if they are assisting you in that way. Uh, but you said something I want to rewind just a little bit. You had an experience in Roswell where you saw a baby in a tube and they told you about the hybrid program. I'm very interested to know as much about that as you'd like to share. Okay. So the baby in the tube, they showed me when I was in Baltimore, Maryland. I had a lot of contact in Baltimore. I lived in Baltimore. I went to Loyola University. I lived in Baltimore for a couple of decades. And uh, it was after my second divorce, and they just showed me a baby in a tube, like I had described before, and I also drew a picture of it. And so when I had this experience, uh, once again, I just told myself, I'm just going to forget about it. Right. So there I am standing in front of a tube and there was a baby floating and it was like liquid, but like kind of bluish and its eyes were open and they were the bluest eyes I've ever seen in my life. And I knew it was a boy, even though I couldn't, its legs were positioned. So I really couldn't see. And that's when I sensed that there were grace behind me. And this is before I knew they came in different sizes. I had no idea. Tall, medium and short. And I chose to ignore it. So uh, when did that happen? I think that happened around 2012. So I go to Roswell about three or four years later. And it was a surprise trip. I had no idea I was going to go to Roswell. My ex called me up and he said, I have to go to White Sands for work. Um, at the time, we were living on the island of Kauai in Hawaii. Uh, and I was flying back and forth from Capitol Hill, where we had a townhouse, to Kauai, to Capitol Hill, to Kauai. And he was just staying on Kauai. He said, I have to come back to the States, to White Sands. So why don't you meet me in El Paso? I'll take you to White Sands, which I couldn't stand, by the way. I can tell you about that later. It's god-awful place. Right. And then I'll take you to Roswell. I'm like, oh, my God, this is amazing, because I've been wanting to go since I was a little girl. So... We went to, to White Sands, which is an interesting experience. And then we went to the National uh, Park, you know, with the white gypsum sand. Do you know about that? It's, yeah. um, it's amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And then uh, we go to the museum and then we go to the hotel room. And we're both tired. And uh, he's in the bathroom. And I'm watching TV. And I'm thinking to myself, I wish the show People of Earth would come on. Did you ever see that show, People of Earth? Yeah, yeah, it has. It's, it's kind of like a spoof. Like a, I've heard of it. It's like disclosure, but through comedy, kind of like. Yeah, it's produced yeah. by Conan O'Brien, and right, it was yeah. a spoof on an experiencer support group. That's what it and was. It had aliens in it and things, and I loved it. But I knew it was over. I knew it. It was. It had ended, and I wasn't gonna. It wasn't on. And uh, so he comes out of the bathroom and I stopped the TV on a commercial. He said what he had to say. I turned the TV back on without even changing the channel. Poof. People of Earth comes on. And I'm like, okay. Starting to get a little wigged out. He had never seen it before. So we watched it. We laughed and we fell asleep. The next thing I know, my eyes pop open. Ding. And the room is pitch black. I literally can't see my fingers in front of my face. And I hear footsteps on the carpet. 
And I feel him get into the bed. And I think to myself, why was he sitting on the couch? Was it because of the aliens? And I go back to sleep. Then I wake up in the morning. He's in the shower. And I'm like, why did I think he was sitting on the couch? He never gets up in the middle of the night and sits on the couch. Why did I think it was the aliens? And then all of a sudden, I have this gush of this download of a memory where that night I was with a group of greys and they were talking to me. They were talking to me about a book I was writing at the time. Now, I didn't like the greys back at this time. And they gave me information about the hybridization program. And they said, remember the baby in the tube? I'm like, yes. And they said there is the hybridization program between the grays and the humans. And uh, we pick humans uh, for the most part who are very empathetic, very sympathetic, very loving, uh, and also tend to have very strong psychic abilities. And they're like slicing and dicing the DNA and they're creating these embryos that are very sympathetic and loving and intelligent. And they said that if we annihilate ourselves, this planet would be reseeded with these embryos and there's billions of them. And they say we are headed on the path of annihilating ourselves, but it's not too late. We can turn around, but we're on it. And so they're preparing. And they also said at one point there was a fear in the galactic galactic system what if something evil or bad got a hold of these embryos and turned them into killing machines and i was told that these embryos these beings are created to be so loving and kind that they would be horrible killing machines so like that's not even going to happen hmm. yeah interesting so did uh, did you understand your participation in the hybrid program anymore after that or did he just tell you that it was happening uh that's such a good question i uh i just uh filmed an episode on gaia tv uh, beyond belief with george nori which mm -hmm. just came out and he asked me the same question and i for some reason it's very hard for me to identify as a hybrid mother because just, that just kind of like blows my mind. Even though I've been shown hybrid children, I've been asked to heal sickly hybrid babies. Um, I was never told they were my children. So I can't say with 100% certainty that I am a mother. I probably am. But I was, I've never had the experience of holding my baby. When I saw the baby in the tube, I didn't feel attached to it. Like I say, when I was looking at that baby, I, I say I, I felt more attention. Um, I felt more emotion looking at a, a bouquet of flowers than I did looking at that baby. I felt nothing for it. Mm. And so I wonder, maybe I just wasn't prepared for that part of my experience. Maybe later on, as I... As I am ready to know more, I'll remember more. I do think that's how it works. Right. Yeah, I, I agree too. It's, as you're ready, it'll show up. And, you know, because otherwise it's overwhelming and it could actually have the opposite effect. And right. you scare you back so, into silence. Yeah. yeah. Which, I, which I see with experiencers who I talk with who have uh, hybrid encounters, hybridization encounters. Uh, most of the ones I talked to were women, but it happens to men too, but the women are reaching out more. And most of the, and these are really, really difficult discussions and uh, interviews to have uh, because a lot of the women feel victimized. They feel like they're not in control. They feel like, almost like they're being raped. And then they're very upset when the babies are taken away from them. So just like you said about uh, getting rid of the victim by so that's what I help. That's what I try to do with people who've had these kind of experiences. It's like, let's try and look at it from another perspective. Let's remember that you have a higher self. And let's remember also that uh, this is a benefit for mankind. Mm -hmm. And it's much yeah. more complicated than all of that. But that's pretty much what we have to do is reverse how they see it. Let's look at it in such a way that it's going to benefit you. Let's not look at it in such a way that it's going to mess you up. Right. Right. Yeah, that's interesting, and and it's very, you know, it's very effective too. So, 
when you you said you had an interesting experience at White Sands, did that have anything to do with like the government and men in black military type of stuff? Yeah. Would you mind sharing so, that? Yeah. Um so he I'm not a hundred percent sure I knew what he was doing, but he was working um uh with the Navy. He was working at the Naval Yard in DC. I was living on Capitol Hill. And uh before he retired early, they asked him to manage this uh, brand new radar defense system that they were uh, creating on the island of Kauai in Hawaii. And in the past, he had also he was in charge of uh, shooting a satellite out of space. I don't know if you guys remember, was it the 80s when there was some satellite that was going to fall to earth and they don't know where it was going to fall. So someone had to shoot it and he was in charge of that. So I find it very interesting that he has that in his background and he came into my life right when all all of this was happening because he was very supportive, even though he was on the fence. Is it true? Is it not true? But from what he was experiencing, he could see that something was going on. Uh, And so he wanted me to see White Sands and what he was doing, what he was doing there, I did not know. And so the whole time I was there, I was very uncomfortable and uh, uh, it just felt really negative and almost evil. And I could see in my mind's eye, I could see hallways and rooms under the ground. And it's at the base of a big black mountain. And it was just, I just got the chills, like all the hair was standing up on my body. And I just wanted to get out of there as fast as possible. When we finally did leave, because they have like a museum, uh, I'm like, I don't ever, don't ever bring me back here again. I will never come back here again. Right. Yeah. Area? What's that? Yeah, I have actually. And I mean, it's littered with dumbs, underground bases and, you know, military bases, installations, everything. Oh, the yes. whole four corners area is utilized by the military and the government and who knows what other shadow groups. But I know the feeling. Yeah, you got that feeling too. It just felt icky. Depends on which where you're at specifically, but yeah, I mean that's that's like their playground, right? Yeah, and it's interesting because I, you know, what is Milab? Are, is that what Milab is? Like one of those underground offices somewhere? I've yeah. had several Milab experiences, military abductions. Yep. Uh, one of them was when they asked me to heal uh, these very sickly babies, and there were human beings asking me to heal. ET hybrid babies. So how many hybridization programs are there? Probably many. And are there some that are just like between me and the ET? And then are there some where our our government or some other agency is getting involved and creating these sickly babies? Is that why these babies were so sick because the humans were involved and they're not as advanced? I don't know. It just seems complicated and convoluted. And every time I've had an experience where there was a human being present, it was horrible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that would be the typical my lab. Yeah. The, um, you know, I think all, any of those agencies that are operating in secrecy, they're not really up to any good. So, um, it makes sense that you would feel that way. And, you know, the high, you said how big or how many hybrid programs are there? I think, you know, there's all kinds of different groups involved with special interest. You know, it's not just one hybrid program. It's not just one secret space program. It's, it's not just one, this or that, like there's, billions probably of beings involved in different races and different groups. I mean, like you said, it's convoluted. There's not one simple answer. It's a whole other universe out there. And, and we're trying to make sense of it here on earth. And that's why I think it's hilarious when, you know, some people think they have it all figured out and they've already, you know, they got the answers. And, and what we, what you really understand on this journey is that you don't know anything. Like you said, like you have to really, Go back to the drawing board, and it's about finding the you, who you are, and what part you, what part you play. You know, yeah. And this, so the ET, yeah, that was beautifully said. Beautifully said. Uh, the ETs are giving us a lot of information, um, trying to help us uh, transform, trying to help us to stop kill, trying to help us find peace, trying to help us um, 
spiritually advanced personal empowerment. Uh, they're giving us a lot of messages. And so the Milabs are how they debrief us from the, the scientific information, the hybridization information, uh, information about our potential future. They give us so much that we're being debriefed. And I think that's what these Milabs are. And they're asking us to do things. In one instance, they wanted me to do some kind of psychic thing, which I absolutely refuse to do completely refused to do. And uh, what happened after that was that. Interesting. So these Milab experiences, um, are they, they're conscious memories as well? And, and those occur just anywhere you are? Like, or did it only happen when you were with that man? Have, have they stopped since then? Yeah. Oh, man. That's <laughs> so they stopped after that relationship. Uh -huh. Well, my memories of them have stopped. Right. I don't know if they stopped, but my memories of them have stopped. Right. Maybe they have stopped. Yeah. And yeah, I was living on Capitol Hill. I mean, the whole thing just makes me think. Mm -hmm. He was a good guy. He was a nice guy. And he wasn't into UFO stuff at all. It was all new to him when he met me, except for, you know, shooting a satellite out of space, that kind of stuff. That's right. not even related. Uh, so I really do wonder what all that was about. Yeah. I mean, everyone plays a role in your life and people come in for certain reasons. And, and a lot of times somebody in that position, um, you know, there's, I don't know how they do it, but they can steer people into each other's lives. And Absolutely. there's there's a lot of subconscious things happening. And um, maybe some of the, the ideas he had or you had or anyone, they you think they're your own, but they're not, you know, and they can manipulate you into a situation to where they can now take you or whatever the case is. So, I mean, it's it's not it's no surprise to me that you were having those experiences with somebody who was, you know involved with the military and the navy and dc so yeah right yes that's true mm -hmm. i also had an experience with this men in black the shadowy astral men in black because oh yeah oh yeah have you i um i think the kids now are calling them hat man oh you maybe think it's, it's the same the you think it's the same group the hat man and the men in black it's the same type of i do mm -hmm. it makes sense yeah see that um, it was a very scary experience. Um, and through that experience, I learned that uh, we are in control. And if you don't want to communicate with a particular entity, you just stand your ground, just stand your ground. In this case, I felt like I was fighting for my life. And I'm not kidding. Um, it showed up at the foot of my bed. I had a friend come to spend the night with me for the first time. And uh, the first night she was there, she was sleeping in the guest room. And there was a window in the guest room that overlooked the water because that was in my other house, which was also in the water. And in the middle of the night, she comes into my bedroom and she gets into bed, into my bed. And I, and I look at her. She goes, I'm afraid. I'm like, oh, all right. And the next thing, and I just, and I feel something and I turn around and at the foot of my bed is like this seven, eight foot tall uh, men in black hat man thing darker than the room it was in the middle of the night it was darker than the darkness of my room and all of a sudden I felt energy come out of him and into me like tentacles and grab me and it was pulling me out pulling me out what was it pulling out my essence my soul I don't know but it was me he was pulling me out and it was scary as hell out of and your I body my ground excuse me pulling you out of your body right yeah, pulling me out of my body, but kind of like to own it. Mm. It was horrible. And uh, I just said, no, you have to go. You have to go. No, no, no. And I literally fought for my life. And finally, it left. But you have to be resolute. You have to stand your ground. Mm -hmm. And finally, it left. So the next morning, I said to my friend, did anything weird happen last night? She goes, yeah. I'm like, oh, what happened? She goes, well, I I woke up in the middle of the night and I look out the window and in the sky is a hologram. First of all, what's the difference between hologram and holograph? Um, I'm not sure. Okay. I'm going to say hologram then. Yeah. There's a hologram in the sky at nighttime of Jesus Christ. 
And I hear in my head, now at the same time, the men in black is at my foot of the table. She's seeing Jesus Christ in the sky and she's hearing this voice in her head say, we can do that. We can put anything in the sky and make it look real and fool you. And I'm like, whoa. Okay. So this brings us to, you know, all these rumors you've heard about the false flag and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and and blue at the time, like... there's the men in black and it's all associated. And that men in black belonged to her. And I'll tell you why in a minute. So, oh, what's the, okay. So she's like, what happened to you? I'm like, well, you came into the bedroom in the middle of the night. She goes, no, I didn't. I go, oh yeah, you did. You came into the bedroom and you went and got to the bed because you were afraid. She goes, no, I did not do that. I'm like, all right. So we both were like, all right, we're not going to talk about this anymore. <laughs> she stayed a couple more days and we didn't talk about it anymore. But I do believe that Men in Black was attached to her. Why? She was a spiritual teacher, but she got all hooked up in uh, QAnon. And Hillary's going to be arrested tomorrow. And they eat babies and all that kind of stuff. She went right down the hole. And that is fear, 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 lower vibe. And when you do that, what are you going to align with? Right. Fear, 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 lower vibe, which is the men in black hat man energy. Right. It's interesting. They chose to show her the hologram of Jesus and tell her that we can do that because we've heard of blue beam Jesus, right? And the false flag invasion. And there's been people that have. No, come... I haven't heard of blue beam Jesus. Oh, it's, it's, they say that like the second coming is going to be done with this hologram technology and Jesus will appear in the sky, but it's not going to be real. It's going to really? be a hologram. Yeah. It's one. It's just a theory, right? But uh, it's is. There's been, I guess, whistleblowers come out over the years that talk about what they're potentially going to use this technology for, and it's just going to be to or, or fake alien invasion, right? Also, supposedly, ultimately, just to deceive people and show them something that actually isn't there. But yeah. it's been it's been described that these holograms can be as real as you and me, and some of them are even tangible that you can touch them. Yes, and so. That's, you know, very interesting that that is specifically what she was shown and told. Yes. Something else about different types of entities, you know, David Grush. Yeah. The oh, yeah. And so did you watch him when he was in the hearings? Did you watch? I, I caught some clips that I saw shared online, but I didn't actually watch the whole thing. I've seen a little well, bit. Yeah. It, I, I, I urge everyone to watch it. I urge everyone to watch every congressional hearing that there is. There was one before that. These are really, really important. These are, this is history. So it's important to watch these things, uh, in my opinion. So David Grush said, and this was very interesting. One of, he was asked, why do you call them NHI, non-human entities, non-human intelligence? NH Yes, excuse me. Yes, thank you. Mm -hmm. Instead of ETs. And he said, well, there is a belief that these beings live in other dimensions on Earth. They're not off Earth. They're actually on Earth. And they're in other dimensions. So that's why I call them that. Mm -hmm. I can't it's believe someone said that on TV. That's amazing. Because, yeah. yeah. I agree. They, they address... Yeah they acknowledge the multidimensional aspect of all of this. And I, and I think that's huge. And, and there's a, I just shared today, like a physics, a mainstream physics website uh, shared an article about, you know, potential parallel universe where time go, works backwards and all this stuff, but you know, whether or not, you know, they're correct or accurate with that information, it's still like they're now, thinking outside the box and they're putting these ideas out there into the collective consciousness. Yeah. And so we have a mainstream physics article talking about a potential parallel universe. Yeah. Uh, that's huge, really. Multiple, multiple universes. Yeah. But I mean, in this one, they're talking oh, about oh. just in that article, yeah. they're talking about one and they think they can prove it. And then, and they said, if, if that's true, then that means there's no dark matter and the inflation theory that the universe is getting bigger and bigger. Uh, they can remove that from the equation now because there is no dark matter because it's actually a parallel universe. And they, I read the article. I was like, wow, like I, this is pretty interesting that they're, you know, teaching this now. So mainstream is actually saying this stuff. Yeah. Right. Dark matter. It's kind of like dark matter, junk DNA. <laughs> yeah, you don't know what it is, so they just give it a name. They label it, and they think, and then they claim they know what it is because it, it, it's labeled. One hundred percent. It's nothing. It's not important. You don't yeah. need that DNA. Oh yeah, ninety-five percent of your DNA is just as if nature just makes junk. You know, as if that's a thing that happens. 
Right. It's ridiculous. <laughs> well, I mean, that's part of the whole, you know, agenda to make us feel right. useless, right? Make us feel kind of hopeless yeah. and that we're just insignificant. Yeah. 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 You're, just, you're this cosmic accident and then nothing more. Cosmic accident. Yeah. Oh, that's unfortunate. Right. They, they, like they, they want to make it think you think like everything is just this cosmic accident that has no meaning. And oh, I it's see what you're saying. Kind of random and there's no intelligence other than us, you know. Yeah. Which and is, life's unfair and nothing works, you know, if it doesn't work out tough and all that kind of stuff. Yes, right. I agree with you. And that's what's so beautiful about the messages that experiences are getting. It's to help them pop out of that matrix, mm -hmm. that fake reality. Right. Uh, I, I know experiences and I talk about them in my talks. I share their drawings. I always ask for drawings and paintings. And one thing that happens to a lot of experiencers is they become very artistic. So I like to show their uh, paintings and their drawings and talk about how their lives have changed for the better uh, after these experiences. The information that the ETs give them that are so beautiful and so powerful. The thing, but what's so beautiful about telepathic information, it's different than verbal information. Not only do you hear it, you feel it. Mm -hmm. and so mm -hmm. it's more intense of a communication. Yeah, it's it's everything all at once. It's you can't really describe it to someone and you just have to experience it yourself. I've I've experienced it once with a being and um oh, really? it's amazing how how much information can come in an instant and then it takes you a day to like process it all you're like wait whoa and you know it's try all a lifetime try decades right yeah well you know what i mean <laughs> right. though More it's than like day. It, you just kind of think about it and like wow that much came through in that moment you know um so what are some of the beautiful messages that are coming through, uh, you know, through your clients and from these other groups of ets what are some of those messages if you remember any of them yeah. Well, a lot of them have to do with uh, uh, autonomy, self-autonomy, mm -hmm. uh, and reminding how uh, it's not really put in these words, but how the government has the big thumb on our head and how the government's lying to us. One individual got information about COVID and was told the whole thing was a fake, and it's just to instill fear into the populace. Uh, yep. Some of them are shown new um, types of food. Um so that we they don't want us to eat meat. Uh, many experiencers don't eat meat. Uh, they changed. They became vegetarians. Uh, there's also um, uh, one experiencer in Hawaii. This changed her life so much. And she became a beautiful artist. And I show some of her work. Uh, the beings told her that what you think is what you are. Now, we've all heard that. But in this particular instance, because it was telepathic, it was like the, in, the big instant download of the feeling of it and the true understanding of what that is. Mm -hmm. And so she she decided to investigate that message and it gave her the courage to leave an abusive relationship. Yeah. And another experiencer uh, has uh, dedicated his life to uh, getting the word out and to uh, um, talk about how we're all one and that it's love that makes the world go round. We're all one, we're all completely connected. And uh, I was also told that we're the troublemakers in the galaxy. We're like the troublemakers, that we are part of a galactic neighborhood and we're just causing trouble. And uh, that's why they're visiting us. It's like, okay, enough already. Like, come on, we got to whip you into shape because if we mess ourselves up, we're messing them up too. You're yeah, just like right. a person has an aura. Our planet has an aura. If we yep. blow ourselves up, imagine that energy radiating out into the galaxies. Right. 100%. Yeah. Connected to everything else. And especially yeah. the nuclear stuff. That's why they've been shutting all that down for decades and not they're not going to allow that to happen because that would have the most direct immediate impact on not just this dimension but other dimensions other uh parallel oh. realities yes yeah higher yeah, dimensions connected so, right it's all connected right mm -hmm. so they're like nope you guys have no idea what you're doing you're not going to be allowed to do that and well, like it... you said they're trying to wake us up they're trying to wake us up to who we are and who you know, that there's a lot more than just us out there and 
you know, all, all of it, all of it, really. So whether yeah. the, the government does, you know, like waiting for the government to disclose is kind of a joke, you know, because it's like, like the ETs are for one are pushing it right now. They're they're like, whether they're, your leaders are going to tell you or not, like we're we need you guys to wake up. So that's why the sightings are off the charts and, and the experiences are off the charts right now, because they're like, we're going to make you aware of us and the true nature of reality, whether you like it or not, whether your leaders like it or not. But what we have now is all these agendas going on because they know what's coming. So that's why we're seeing all this disclosure in the mainstream, because they're trying to get ahead of what they know is coming or is already here, really. So they're trying to, they're like, well, we don't have a choice, so let's try to steer it in these directions, you know, um, but but then you have people like Grush who thank God he's, he's actually trying to be honest and just tell the truth of what he knows, you know, yeah. somebody in government is actually doing that. It's amazing. You know? Yeah. yeah. I'm also a little, uh, I don't know, surprised maybe at the lack of interest right. in our society. Yeah. Let's how asleep people are. We want to know. And then now it's here. It's right in front of you. There's a lot of evidence and people are not talking about it. We're not ready. Like we have got to do this slowly, so slowly. Well, I think people aren't talking about it because everyone is, we've been pushed so much into survival mode right now. Um, you know, you see memes shared and people share stuff online. Like if I still have to go to work, then I'm not interested in this event. Like, like they don't, if they still have to go to work and pay their bills, if it's these ETs are real and all this stuff is happening, if it's not going to change anything in their lives, they're not interested in it. Even though ultimately right, well, it is, they just. Right. I was just saying, here's, here's the thing about that. They don't realize yeah. we already have the technology from these ETs reverse engineered and all of it. And they're actively withholding it and trying to make us think all we have is gas, coal and oil, blah, blah, blah. And we, so we, we don't have to like for at least a hundred years, we haven't had to work to live, but they've been this Truman show artificial reality. I have to keep that going. Cause that's their system. And, uh, if people really understood how connected like this stuff is to that and that that exists, there'd be like, imagine if half the population knew for a fact that that stuff existed, then we could, we could demand that they release it. We could say, Hey, we're not going to work. We're not going to pay our taxes. We're not going to. We're not going to keep feeding your system that is a BS system that we don't have to have because we know there's another system already in place. Right. Yeah. Or we know there's more than just us here that they can come and help if we're welcoming to them, you know? Oh. Boom. Game over. That's it. Right. We're the ones with all the power here, not them. So we have to wake up to that. That's the whole. Yeah. And it's taking individual by individual. Right. individual by individual the individual changes and the collective changes another message that the ets often give is that we are in this illusion we're in a matrix it's your third eye like pay attention to your mind and your third eye this is an illusion this is an illusion they've said that to several experiencers mm -hmm. and didn't they right. say i think i heard you say in an interview that they told you we created the illusion or did they create the illusion what did they did that come through the human the, human. the individual right yeah and the collective creates the illusion mm -hmm. correct yeah. right so what we collectively believe is what we're going to experience yeah 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 the power of the mind mm -hmm. and so that's what they're trying to do is to get us to have a different perspective it's all about perspective and it's all about consciousness because most et contact is happening through this consciousness, you know, through the dimensions, not so much in 3D, although I've had both, but there are millions of people who are having contact, but they're having it in this interdimensional, multidimensional way, which makes it feel like a dream. So they think they're having a dream. But I think that's another reason the X's were put on me because I was wondering if it was a dream. And now I'm like, oh, now I know that's not a dream. Mm. I can tell the difference between a dream and that, that real experience in the multi-dimensions, but we don't have a word for that. Right. Yeah. That's interesting because we can easily write that stuff off and, and we do. And how many times like it will a child have an experience and their parent will be like, Oh, it was just a dream. It was just a dream. Mm -hmm. So we're programmed to think that as a child, you know? Mm -hmm. So finally, getting some tangible physical evidence to connect to that experience, then now you can actually take it seriously and learn from it, you know?
Mm-hmm. So yeah. this is a little fun side note. Uh, uh, you had a star named after you in the Star Wars universe, right? Oh, a planet and a star a- system. Yeah, the can you explain that? Planet and the star system. So several years ago, my best friend was dating a writer and he got a job writing a short story for Star Wars. And he said to me, Sev, talk, I love your name, so I'm going to name a planet after you. And I thought he was kidding, but it came out and there I was, the Sev, talk planet in the Sev, talk star system. And I have two moons <laughs> and I'm in Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Hey. What series is it on a show or a cartoon or yeah, what? It was recently uh, mentioned in Star Wars Andor. Oh, okay. A lot of people watch it because I got a lot of emails. They're like, I'm sitting nice. here watching Andor, and all the next thing I know, it's your name. They mention your name. Yeah. So it was a really nice gift. Nice. It gave us the gift of immortality, even though we're all Im- immortal anyway. But unless the Septuagint star system gets blown up, I think I'll be there for a while. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Hopefully they don't write you out of the script. Um, <laughs> but yeah. who owns my name anymore? Do I own my name? You know, that's right. the other thing. Does Disney own my name? It's just, and then uh, I, I found this doll, a Star Wars doll that has the name Sev. I mean, a Star Wars sniper, some kind of evil being and has the name Sev. So why is Sev so heavy in the Star Wars? One is a sniper being and the other one is a planet. It's just kind of weird. Maybe you were named after a planet, actually, and they're just trying to tell you. <laughs> right. Maybe I am a planet. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, hey. Because they, they, you know, people do think that Earth is a real entity. Right. It is an entity, and you can be reincarnated as an entity, uh, as a planet or a star. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. You believe that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, not? It's just another form of consciousness, right? Right. Yeah. And so you can maybe... communicate with the planet, with Gaia. People call it Gaia, you know? Yeah. Um, you can actually communicate with Gaia and you can and you can send Gaia your love and energy and healing, um, which it desperately needs right now. So highly yeah. recommend everyone do that. Yeah. Um, yes. You can communicate with trees, with plants and trees, you know, <laughs> and you can get energy. They'll give you energy and you can, you know, have a relationship. Like it's everything has consciousness and everything has energy. So you know yeah that's it's beautiful and uh one quick side note about the trees so um i had this friend tell me a story they had a healing session and this tree this tree that she was connected to in real life like showed up in the healing session to help her heal right um well the same thing happened to me she told me a story i'm like no way I, i was in colorado recently and i i had this session and i had this attachment right and and what came through in the session was this tree, this tree that I had hugged one time and was like giving it all this love. I helped it in that moment. So it came back in the session and it came and it like used its roots to remove this entity from me. But it, whether or not that really happened or not, like this is just like what's being told to me is happening through the session. But this is just like two times and like within a month or two months that I've heard of this happening. And it makes me realize like how important it is, like how much of an effect we actually have on mm-hmm. mother nature and wildlife and trees and, and how just, everything we're taught is wrong. <laughs> right. And it's, but, but it's not only that you can hug the tree and give it love, but it it will be reciprocated and it's going to show mm-hmm. its gratitude and ways that you can never imagine. And I just think it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Um, Did you have anything that you'd like to uh, leave us with before we wrap this up? Any other Uh, things? Thank you. I really enjoy that. Your questions are really good and you're really easy to talk to. Uh, So I have a website, planetsav.com. I have a newsletter and you can sign up for it through my website. And also uh, you can uh, contact me through my website. Uh, If you're an experiencer and just need a little bit of help, uh, you just uh, answer a few questions and then tell me what happened. And it's very private. And I have a YouTube channel, Alien Spirit with Sev and Facebook, Instagram. I'm really easy to find. I'll be speaking at a couple of conferences this year. Um, They haven't been 100 percent. What's the word? confirmed yet so i'm going to withhold from saying uh and i have a couple tv shows coming out and i can't i'm not allowed to say what they are 
Um, I'm on Gaia TV. Uh, that just came out with George Nuri, Beyond Belief. And uh, if you're an experiencer and you're looking for help, I would love to help you. Well, that's amazing. And we'll have all that information below in the description. And I just looked at my notes and there was one last thing I wanted to ask you about. Um, it was a, an encounter. I don't know if it was your encounter or one of your clients or patients about uh, these mantid beans and actually had this wand um, they were using. Can you tell that story really quick? Yeah. So oh, I have the picture right here if I can find it. Because this is a, a painting that the experiencer actually made. And oh, darn it, I don't have it here. And so he had an experience where he was on craft with grays and mantids, which look like pre-mantises. Mm -hmm. And uh, there are several experiencers who've seen both of them together. And uh, also many experiencers have seen a gray holding a wand. And we're not quite sure what this wand is. Uh, kind of looks like the wand from Men in Black. Maybe it does serve the same purpose. We don't know. But in this one pink painting that this experiencer made when he was on board, it was a mantid that was holding this blue wand. It looked like a glass wand. And normally we don't see mantids holding them. We see grays holding them. But uh, we don't know what it was for. We don't know what that wand is for. Do you have any information about the wand? I've heard, um, I know Barry Littleton um, he has an experience with um, these little blue beans that were using a wand. And I think they were heal. I think it was for healing purposes. And I've heard, um, I think Christy Campbell, who's another experiencer, she's had an experience with mantids and they talk about, and she talked about them using a wand to heal her. So maybe it was for healing purposes. There you go. There you go. Wipe out our memory like a men in black. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or, or I mean, maybe they wipe it out. Maybe yeah. they wipe out your memory also, but um, as they heal you, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, well, I, have, I have a question. Oh, okay, quick, if you don't mind. Um, so do you get a lot of UFO sightings other than just these types? Of, do you see, do you like see them in the sky, craft in the sky a lot? Yeah, and, I have, yes, okay. yes, and I do have you, also orbs. Nice, do you, do you see, can you? describe what the ships might look like or do you just see them as like a light in the sky mostly well there was one that came very very close to my window and i was home alone uh, he had just left the house and it was nighttime and all of a sudden i look out the window and i see um lights that are about this big in various colors and they're going around like this going around like this so I'm looking at the TV, I'm looking at the stereo. I'm like, is there something electronic in my house that is doing this? And I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe it. I have to get this on camera. So I go to get my camera. As soon as I do that, it disappears. So I put my camera down and I sit down and then it appears. And we've heard this before, right? And then I literally watch it just fly away over the, uh, the treetops. Uh, another time uh, I saw one this time. Oh, this was a very interesting one. It kind of put a light out on the grass that it kind of like it was a symbol or something. You know, there's so much symbology that goes with these ET contacts oh, yeah. and uh, written on the different um, uh um, spacious and uh, hieroglyphic kind of like things. Yeah, I find that fascinating, the symbology and how that affects us. When they show us these symbols, they're probably healing us or just downloading information into us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they affect yeah. the, the symbols have everything to do with the subconscious mind and they're programming or deprogramming depending on what purpose they want. Um, we've heard other experiencers talk about that. Um, Max Spears yeah. talked about it at the Dulce base in New Mexico. He has a memory of going down there and he said there's symbols on every floor. And as you go down, the symbols subconsciously bring your memories back. And by the time you get to the bottom, you know exactly what you're doing there and who you are. But when you get to the top, it, the symbols basically deprogram you. So when you leave the base, you don't remember what you were actually doing. Um, so I That's think so that funny you should mention that because just yesterday... I turned the TV on and all of a sudden there was this program about Dulcie. And so I watched it 
and all the like seven layers, seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all more than that, but yeah, <laughs> more than that. Yeah, and money. there was a man who had pictures. He claims of yep. these weird scientific explorations, slicing and dicing animals and humans and other things, and creating weird things down there. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, we we covered that extensively actually in our. We did a webinar on a webinar on uh, deep underground military bases, and Dulce was one of the ones we focused on, and. I think it's Thomas Costello was the guy who uh, brought those pictures forward. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So you saw those pictures. What do you think they were? Do you believe them? Um, I I think that they're worthy of consideration. I think any yeah. photograph at this point in the game can be, or video for that matter, can be faked, right? Um, CGI, everything. It's hard to believe. That's why we said scene isn't believing anymore. So you really just have to kind of feel into it and like, what does your body, what does your gut tell you? And I mean, they definitely seem to be authentic, but um, I don't know. They were weird. There's, they couldn't tell what they were. There's ways to analyze a photo and tell that it's at least not been photoshopped, that it's at least a legit photo. But then that doesn't mean they can't it can't be faked in other ways, obviously. But if it's an old photo, that gives it a lot more credibility because um, obviously, you know, there's different there hallmarks no photo- to look. Right for one, there was no Photoshop back then, there, uh, yeah. and make like a like a like an old photo of an et or something like that for example it was a lot harder to fake that than it is now with like makeup and you know right whatever now um there's different things but um but yeah ultimately like anything can be faked technically there there are hoaxes to some degree obviously um Mm -hmm. but there's different data points that can corroborate things and that's what you got to look for like to put the pieces together to form okay this looks like this is what happened here because of all these data points and, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, like that. And people's yeah. testimonies, obviously like, you know, that's, right. that's like the biggest thing to me is like people experience your stories like yourself. It's like, we need more of that. We need more people speaking out, telling their stories, not afraid, you know, yeah. and how we have commonalities uh, and we don't even know each other. And we right. have like the same details from around the world. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Why- exactly huge telltale sign right you can't well um sorry about the false ending guys uh we've done it before yeah exactly uh but thank you so much for joining us this has been a pleasure you have amazing stories and thank you for being brave and sharing those stories and and putting yourself out there to help others um you know understand that there's a different way to view things and you know changing your perspective will change your life so um, we appreciate everything you're doing and uh, thanks again for joining us and uh, thank you guys all for tuning in tonight we love you all and until next time have a great evening yo what's up everyone how you guys doing today you guys feeling those vibes yeah you know what it is so check it out so may 13th to 16th grafton illinois rebels of disclosure conference yeah i'm pumped it's gonna be my first time in the states First time going to a conference, first time seeing any of these speakers live, and the first time I'm going to get to meet hundreds of people that I've been chatting with and interacting with on Facebook and Instagram, and I'm so pumped. I did just check. They have the website up and running. It's looking really fresh. It has all the information on tickets, meal plans, uh, the schedule when the speakers are going to be speaking, um, information on all the speakers, frequently asked questions and um, uh, where you can camp or uh, your lodgings for the weekend, as well information on where the event's gonna be at, and it looks dope. I do believe that this is gonna be the best year yet. Um, I may be biased because I'm going this year, but uh, that's just what I'm vibing. But yet, if you haven't checked out the website, go check it out. It's looking really good. I'm super excited, man. I've been following Tyler and Aaron for a long time. I really love their podcast and all the people they bring on. And the lineup this year looks so sick. So, and if you're going, I'm super excited to meet you. I'm going to give you a big hug, a big star seat squeeze. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Anyway, you guys, I hope you guys have an amazing day today. Sending you guys lots of love. And man, I can't wait for this conference. Big ups, Aaron and Tyler. And yeah, guys, have a great day. Peace.